Do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Gabby. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 541. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we're going to talk about uh, a grocery store incident between you and I. We are? A little bit. Okay. As far as uh, my fragile male ego, <laughs> uh, I just finished a, a show that I think came from the History Channel called Alone. Oh, yeah. And I'm just going to offer some words of wisdom on that and how it kind of rolls into, um, and then something that just happened to me at Sam's Club, um, among a few other things. So, But first, real quick, um, we have a whole influx of new Team Zen members. We actually have another one another Zen talk this today, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, the 31st, our daughter's birthday, by the way, um, we have a Zen talk today at noon. So if you um, are interested in joining the community, uh, go to the website and just type in coupon code FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D. But these are some that we've got like 19 new members in the last few weeks. Jeez, we usually do two Zen talks a month. And lately we've been doing two a week mm -hmm. because uh, desperate times co come with desperate measures. Mm -hmm. So we have one Tuesday and we might do another one on Friday. But anyways, um, these are the, some of the states of the people of new Team Zen members. I'm not going to read the whole list. This is where they live? Iowa, Missouri, Wisconsin, Nevada, South Carolina, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, California, Washington, Illinois, Minnesota, Arizona, and Indiana. So... Thanks to all those new Team Zen members. We look forward to seeing you. Will you quickly uh, explain what Team Zen is, my darling? Sure. Um, so Team Zen is our virtual community, and we've had our virtual community going for a couple years. So this isn't new because of the quarantine or the stay at home. What do we call it now? What are we doing now? Uh, safe at home. Every home, every home, state is different. Home safe. I don't know. Um, shelter and home. Shelter at home. Um, so, but in Illinois, we've been in shelter and home for about a week and a half. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I consider it somewhat kind of a quarantine. Yeah. Um, uh, so most of us have that and not just here, but around the world. Um, and basically what that means is we already had this community, but it's been growing because this is our opportunity to do... Uh, we do live talks, and if you can join the live, live talk, that's great. But if you don't join the live talk, we send out um, an email, but also a podcast mm -hmm. that ends up in your podcast app, which is the live talk. Yeah. You know, you get to hear what everybody asked because I'm telling you, even if it's not a question that you would ask, it usually is there's something helpful that comes out. So we did one last Friday and I titled it Support Lying and Spitting Plates. Support because one of the women was really struggling. So uh -huh. she asked for She's some a support. healthcare worker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and then what happens when our kids lie to us mm -hmm. and how do we deal, deal with mm -hmm. that? And then I think we started talking about spitting plates about how... Um, a lot of moms and some dads are the CEOs of the household and the amount of plates that they spin at once. Yeah. And when one plate breaks, there tends to be a domino effect. So one thing that I've really appreciated about Team Zen, besides the fact that we've had each other through this you know, situation that we're all going through together, is that obviously we have members from all over the United States, but we also have members from Australia, Canada, Switzerland, Great Britain, Ireland, Italy, and New Zealand. So we're getting... Even though I always appreciated having international members on Team Zen just because 
even when we're not going through a pandemic, we're all on the same page as far as, you know, needing support with parenting and life. It's really great to have perspective of people all over the world in regards to what's happening. Um, It's that reminder that we're all interconnected. We've always known this, but this is just one of these great examples of how it's real. So anyway, so join Team Zen. Um, We are going to, I think, do another pop culturing on this viral Netflix show called Tiger King? Is that what it's called? (laughs) It's called Tiger King. Holy crap. This is an interesting show. Kind of makes me feel a little yucky. I know. But it's it's interesting. Well, I think what we'll do on pop culturing is obviously talk about Tiger King because there's a lot to talk about, but also how it relates to other things we've watched before. And I think maybe get to the core of why everybody loves it. Yeah. Um, Or loves it is the wrong word. Why everybody can't stop watching it. It's like a car crash. It is. So anyway, uh, subscribe to Pop Culturing. I've heard from a lot of people, um, including some of my students um, at Dominican, that they... I have them listen to our podcast, but they've really enjoyed listening to pop culturing more because mm-hmm. they want an escape yeah. from what we talk about on Zen Parenting. Well, people want to quit working on themselves because they're in survival mode, so they want a distraction. Right. Here's what I've been listening to besides, obviously, pop culturing and Zen Parenting, but I'm not really listening to those. I do them. But the things I've been listening to are the rewatchables because they talk about movies, and I've been re-listening to ones I've listened to before. I listened to Dak Shepard's podcasts, old ones, mm-hmm. like the ones uh, you know before the pandemic, like not interviews with experts. I don't want to learn anything, just interviews with actors and actresses and and you know people like that. Those are the kind of podcasts I enjoy listening to right now. I want to, I'm doing enough reading and thinking about all this that when I have my earphones in my ears, I want to be listening to something mundane. Yeah. Um, and so pop culturing, I w- mundane sounds boring. Pop culturing is just that. It's like candy. It is. It's just something to enjoy. So if you haven't already subscribed to pop culturing. I feel like ZPR is a combination of like vegetables and potatoes and I don't know if you if you meet maybe like chicken breast or a steak like it's whereas pop culturing is like the dessert. Todd's chicken breast metaphor. Yeah, because like we need to eat dinner. Right. 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 We got to eat dinner. That's what Zen parenting yeah. is. Got to eat dinner. Zen parenting. That's our new motto. Eat dinner. <laughs> Everyone will be like, that means nothing. Pop culturing is have dessert. Yes. If pop culture is your dessert. Yeah. Some people don't really like pop culture, but if you do. Um, and we've been getting more, people have been emailing us more like questions about, will you do this movie? Will you do this movie? And thank you. Keep emailing us because sometimes you spark an idea, but sometimes the movies that people email, um, I don't have a connection to the movie. Yeah, so I to. can't do the movie. One that I just got from a listener is a Tarantino movie and she said, true romance. True romance. See, I can't do true romance, honey. Why? Because I've only seen it once and it's super violent and I I don't, it's, I mean, maybe. There is some pretty hard scenes in that movie now that right. I think about it. It's Patricia Arquette. Like even, I love pop culture, or excuse me, um, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. But I feel like if I went back and watched it now, I'd be like, why did I love that movie? I just think the structure was interesting. Um, my other idea is to do Empire Strikes Back for some reason. And then my other idea, mm. we're not, we're going to get to like 10% of our ideas. Okay. But the other idea is to come up with an 80s movie, and I shared this with you, that everybody has basically seen that I've just happened to miss, or one that you... Purple Rain. You missed Purple Rain. You missed the whole Prince experience. I have a feeling I'm going to watch that, and it's going to be horrible. Whereas I thought of Better Off Dead, which is a movie I haven't seen, 
And I feel like when people hear that I haven't seen Better Off Dead, they like think I'm a total idiot. Whereas Purple Rain, like who cares? But Better Off Dead is, no? No, I'm totally in agreement. Can you come up with a movie that everybody else has seen that you I haven't, haven't? seen Real Genius. Is that with Val Kilmer? Yeah. I don't think I've seen that either. Isn't that kind of like My just a worse version it. of Airplane? No, no, that's Top Secret. Oh, that's Top Secret. And I love Top Secret. Yeah. That, it's funny, you guys, because, sorry, tangent here about mo- movies, is the first week of Shelter and Home, which was now two weeks ago, Yeah. Um, I was trying to show my girls some movies from the 80s. And, you know, they don't land. you only have so many, like, opportunities to do this because it's got to be the right night and everyone's got to be around. And I pulled out Austin Powers. And it... So did not land. Most of them don't land. We did Wayne's World, and it's very. And they compared them. They said that felt like Wayne's World, and I'm like, okay, it is. We Mike also Myers. did Tommy Boy, which I think is universal. Chris Farley is universal, but it didn't land. It did not land. Having said that, what about Bob landed? So what I thought was funny though about Austin Powers is it's called International Man of Mystery. So my youngest was like, when does the mystery happen? <laughs> she kept thinking there was going to be a mystery. And all the parts that I thought were super funny, they were like, mom, that's not funny. So it makes you question like your own taste. And then I'm like, did I really like this or was I along for the ride mm-hmm. pop culturing wise? Yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't know. And a few of the other movies have landed too. Um, you know, like some of the movies, but those are more 90s, like Juno mm. and Eating Gilbert Grape. They loved those. Yeah, we should do Juno. Or Eating Gilbert Grape is one of the best movies ever. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, if you haven't seen that movie. So anyway, that's our pop culturing run. I wanted to play a little scene from What About Bob, but I won't. I'm going to save that for pop culture. All right. Um, and then lastly, um, the Tribe Men's Group does a weekly uh, community Zoom conference call, and it's 7.30 p.m. this Wednesday and every Wednesday. And it is, um, just go to the show notes. The link is on the show notes. So that's easy to do. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was we just finished a show on, um, I guess it was Amazon prime called alone. And it's where they dropped 10 guys off. And this is more me just kind of revealing a piece of my own personality and hopefully it connects with some of the people, but, uh, they dropped 10 guys off in the different part of Vancouver Island, which is in the Pacific Northwest. And they just scatter them. And whoever stays the longest wins $500,000. And some guys, uh, spoiler alert, uh, if you want to see it and you haven't seen it, season one, go ahead and fast forward because I'm about to tell you what happens. One guy uh, leaves like within 14 hours. because he's 12 hours. 12 hours. He's scared that cougars or bears or wolves are going to eat them. Right. And then the winner ends up staying 56 days. Mm-hmm which is nuts. And it's just, um, so there's a part of me, like I said, I'm just sharing a part of my own personality. I have this fear of being alone. And I always have, even in college when everybody wanted to have, wanted to have their own room, I always needed to be around people. And it made me get, just think a little bit about guy mentality a little bit because it's funny, like even with the guys who came out, like some, like the first guy came out in 12 hours and then like, over the next three or four days, three or four quit right away. And they all thought that they were the first ones to basically, it's called tap out. It means when you call, because there's no camera crews or nothing. And they all said like, well, I must be the first one. Like they all thought they were the first one out. So like there's this 
male egoic thing like, well, I didn't do it very well, so I must have been the first one. They they were super relieved when they found out they weren't the first Except one. Except for that first guy. Right. Who and, happened to be a cop from Ohio. Right. And he, like, he knew mm-hmm. when he tapped out. Right. That he was going to be first because not a lot of people are going to stay only 12 hours. Yes. I think what he was saying is like, you know what, this idea, yeah. he didn't, he's like, this idea wasn't a great idea. I didn't think this through. Yeah. I think I'm going to focus on my family and that's going to be about it. So I wanted to use this show as a launching point for a discussion of solitude because okay. a lot of us find ourselves right now in solitude. Yes. And obviously being on Vancouver Island without any... Uh, provisions or a shelter is different from us being cooped up in our houses or our apartments or condos. But I guess I just wanted to open it up to both of us to talk about, I don't know if we want to come up with remedies, but like being alone can be very lonely. And it's something that I haven't really had to experience Mm -hmm. because I am lucky enough to be married with kids but there's a lot of people out there that are struggling right mm-hmm. now. And this has kind of been the theme for our Zen talks. Like people, you know, you can be, a, you can feel lonely even when you're with people because Correct. we don't have our natural outdoor going to the restaurant, going to the store, going to work. And it's, we've been dealing with it for about two weeks and it looks like we're probably gonna have to deal with it for another maybe month mm-hmm. at least. At least. Yeah. And I just, wanted I guess I just wanted to normalize that this aloneness we're sharing it yeah and and I think that there's many different levels you know I go to you know I do a lot of ping-ponging in my brain how many places I go because the first thing I wanted to share is kind of a negative thing but um, something I think we need to know is that um, I can tell you that as a social worker I and, and it's just because I'm reading these reports and hearing this from people I work with, Um, that the domestic abuse rate has gone Mm. through the roof and child abuse has gone through the roof um, as far as basing it on the calls that are being received to the hotlines. So there are people that wish they were alone because they're in unsafe places. So that's one place that my ping-ponging brain goes. The other place is that part of the reason we feel so alone or stir-crazy and we may be using the wrong words for it Mm -hmm is that we love routine because routine distracts us from our lives. If we can wake up and take a shower and go meet someone for coffee and then go to the school and then go work out and then do this and do that, we don't have to think about our lives. We get to just stay in routine. Or for those of us who work all day long, like full-time job, get on the train, go to work, we just get to work and, and maybe get lost in that. And I think when you're told to be at home, Um, many people still are working from home. Like one thing that I have, um, been very, I'm going to even, and this is, I'm sorry, it's the ping pong ball. Um, I want to make sure I talk about this. I have been doing some zoom calls, obviously with team Zen, but also with my girlfriends from college and with my women's circle. And one thing that I've noticed is that there are some people that are really, really enjoying this experience of being home. And at the same time, there's people on the same call that are in dire straits, if it be financially or because they're healthcare workers or because they're completely by themselves taking care of a child and they don't know what to do, or they have a parent that they can't go see because they are in a nursing home facility. Um, It's like we have all of these different ways of experiencing this time, and I want I'm I'm saying that so we're cognizant of it that when we are saying this is the best time ever, yeah. 
that we have to be thoughtful about our audience, um, that there is nothing wrong with you feeling that way. You don't need to feel guilty for that. But it may not be shared mm. by your next door neighbor or the people that you are talking with. Well, and speaking personally, there's a part of me that feels guilty because, of course, you know, whatever, we lost money in the stock market with our retirement portfolio mm -hmm. and all that. But from a day-to-day -day experience, I've been just very blessed and privileged and lucky to not be as impacted as, like, let's say you were a nurse or right. I was a nurse right. or you were a doctor and right. I was a doctor. Like, and I find myself feeling guilty for, for feeling kind of Well, your life wasn't happy. as disrupted because you've been working from home your whole sure. adult career. Right. So when they're like, oh, we got to work from home, you're like, that's like, what yeah, I do. This, this is so, un, it's so unbelievable about how unaffected I have been selfishly and personally from this thus far. Thus far. Right. Thus far. Um, and yet at the same time, you're still living in the same uncertainty that everybody is. In this, in what I'm talking about here, it's not about necessarily comparing ourselves to others because if you guys listen to this show, we all know the pain is pain and, um, and it's not about feeling guilty because that, that's putting your energy in the wrong direction. Yeah. It's about the recognition that for some people, this time is a break. And for some people, this time is the hardest work they've ever done in yeah. their lives and the most risky work they've ever done. Yeah. And we have to hold both as truth yeah. instead of this is great or this is bad. It's there's a lot of different things happening everywhere. But then the big truth, the big umbrella over all of us is even if you're at home working and things are relatively, relatively typical, we still all have the uncertainty of what does this mean in the big picture? How will this unfold? It's funny. I keep reading articles and they're pretty from pretty good publications like the Atlantic and, you know, saying this is how this will end. Yeah. And I'm like, nobody knows no, these things. They're guessing. And they're just, it's journalism. And I appreciate the journalism because it gives us something to... It's well researched ideas. It's sure. not like they're just throwing, you know, darts at the board, but they kind of are because yeah. aren't we all? Um, I guess my point is, is this is a time to really practice self compassion and to not feel guilty if your circumstances are are okay. And if your circumstances are okay, then you need to create and give. So it's so interesting. So I was going to come up with a, tell you a quote from one of the guys that's on this alone show, but first regarding giving. So I'm reading this book called Atomic Habits, and it's really interesting about how, you know, doing small incremental things over time will, will turn you into, you know, help you meet your goals. Your habits that, will stick. Your habits mm -hmm. will stick. So, um, one of the things that happened to me, I was listening to one of my friend's podcasts this morning. It's called Embrace Growth by a good friend of mine named Mike Patterson. If you are interested at all, you can check that out. Um, and I was in the checkout land at Sam's Club just now. And part of me didn't want to tell this While story. While you were listening to it? While you mean? I was listening to okay. it. Okay. And it was just a very awesome podcast, a very opening and loving podcast. And while I was at the checkout line getting some groceries at Sam's Club, uh, the woman in front of me, didn't her credit card didn't have enough on it. The limit didn't have enough on it. So she had to do that thing like in terms of endearment where they they run certain things back to reduce the amount that she's paying out. She had to put things back. She had to put mm -hmm. things back. And I, without really even thinking about it, I said, let me cover that. And the guy checking out said, well, what do you, what do you, 
what do you mean cover it? I said, well, let me pay for whatever she can't take care of right now. And she's like, can I pay you back? I'm like, no, don't worry about paying me back. Just, you know, feed everybody, just do whatever you, whatever it is that you're doing. And there's, first of all, there's a part of me that like, <laughs> I think the, the highest characteristic of human behavior is anonymous giving. And I had an opportunity to do that today by doing this nice, gentle thing, helpful thing to this woman and not tell anybody about it. But here I'm telling my pot. So there's some ego involved with this. But I also know for a fact that when I was doing it, I wasn't thinking like, I can't wait to share this on the podcast. It truly was a heart-centered thing that I want to do to help this woman. Um, but the, uh, where was I going to go with that? Um, you were listening to a podcast? I was listening to the po- Oh, to make it obvious. So the reason it was easy for me to give back is because this woman was in front of me in need. And the first rule in this habits book that I'm reading, Atomic Habits, is make it obvious. So it really, I didn't have to go find anybody in need. It was right in front of me. And I feel like that is something that we can all kind of learn from is if whether it's you want to eat healthier, you know, put the vegetables on the top shelf. So like I'm trying to like give people some tools to put in their toolbox and how to equip themselves into making better choices for themselves. But um, you got to make things obvious. The second rule is to make it attractive. So in other words, parent action that you're having, I'm kind of all over the board right now, but parent action that you that you want to, okay, let's say you want to work out. Remember how at the conference I said, um, I, I wanted to watch TV with you guys. We watched The Bachelor, but meanwhile, I was lifting weights <laughs> in the living room with you. You, you and, put two things together that you were going to watch TV anyway, so use that time to work out. Right, and that's exactly what I did. So, And it was kind of a silly one because in The Bachelor, it's like every time they kiss, I got to do five push-ups or something like that. You were kind of exhausted. I know. It was a long <laughs> 45 minutes because Peter did a lot of kissing, didn't know, he? No, it didn't work out so well. Um, make it easy. Uh, use the two-minute rule, which basically means instead of, I want to run a marathon, instead say... Um, and instead of saying, well, I want to run a, a 10K or a 5K, make it into something that you could do in two minutes. So instead of, I want to run a marathon, like I'm going to put my running shoes on every morning. And by doing that, that will lead to the next good habit. So make this more about now, because I don't know if a lot of people are thinking about vegetables and running a marathon. They're thinking about how do I get through the day? Well, and I think for me personally, because I feel so privileged, is like, how can I give back? Like, what are some easy Got steps it. that I can do to continue to give back. And that's one of those things. Got it. You Got know it. what I mean? One of those things, meaning if something is in front of you, mm-hmm. help. Yes. Yes. Right. Exactly. And then the last fourth rule is to make it satisfying. So one thing that uh, the author talks about is don't miss it two days in a row because one day it's an accident, two days it's an habit. So in other words, let's say I set an intention that I'm going to give back every day for the next seven days, um, that I need to do it every single day. And if I miss a day, the minute that you miss a second day, it becomes habitual. So it's just more of a reminder like, okay, if you miss one day, that's human nature. But if you really want to do something every day, then you need to um, not miss two days in a row because then all of a sudden the momentum builds in the other direction. So anyways, so that's one quick thing I wanted to share regarding um, trying to cultivate good habits because go ahead. Well, I was going to say stop there for a second because so Todd's been reading this book. Who, who wrote it? I don't know. I'll look it up. Okay. So it's called Atomic Habits and he's been doing these things. And I think if I am going to, it it could just be- James Clear. James Clear. So it could just be 
natural that this book fell into your lap during this time. Mm -hmm. But I also think, if I'm going to dig deep, that this gives you structure during an uncertain time. For sure. Okay, so for those of you that need structure during an uncertain time, this might be great. Yeah. I don't like this stuff. Sure. And not because it's not worthwhile. It's not the way your brain's wired. It's not the way... I don't... If someone says to me, do it every other day, but don't miss two days or else it'll become a habit, Mm. I'm like, what are you talking about? I can miss four days of meditation and go back to it just fine. Yeah. So, but... Not everybody can, and I'm not stronger. It's just I don't worry about that kind of structure. Exactly. Um, So, like for me, um, my list of things that that I'm doing because Todd is really fun. He's got like this charted in our bedroom, and he's like really working on. Yeah, I got seven habits that I'm trying to cultivate. One is to do do an extra push up every day. Right. And I put an X mark after every day. It's like very simple behavior modification stuff. Yeah. And you know, Dax, uh, I talk about Dax, like he's our friend. Um, Dax has a, Pod, a guy on his podcast like a couple of weeks ago, I think named BJ Fogg, who wrote a book that's very similar. Tiny Habits, uh, right? Tiny Habits. Yeah. And it's a very, it, not the exact same structure mm-hmm. as Atomic Habits, but the same kind of practice yeah. and build it in and habitual. And and I think that's effective. Like I really, like part of the reason I, I do meditate most days is because I built it in before my shower. Yeah. And so it's like, I know before I get in the shower, I go do this. But sure. right now my structure has changed where sure. I've had to build it in after I write. Yeah. So I do, it's not that I think the structure's wrong, but for my brain with my personality, what works for me is less. Yeah. I need freedom to choose. If someone takes away my choice and says, you have to do these things, I push back. Do you remember the four tendencies, Gretchen Ruby's, sure. Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies? And I am, I'm not quite a rebel, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty close to a rebel. I am the question asker. Okay. And, you know, sometimes I was like, well, I could be this, I could be this. And then we found out that if you are not sure which one you are, then you're a questioner. (laughs) You could either be an upholder, a questioner, a rebel, or an obliger. And you are an upholder. Mm. So Atomic Habits makes total sense in your life. For me, as a questioner, I am, like I said, and I veer a little towards rebel, I want my choice. Mm. And I want to be able to, and I feel just as committed, but I chose it rather than a book telling me to do it. So my, I I, I was going to, I was going to say that my structure in the home right now is drink water, move, connect with people, um, fresh air. What are the other things I have on the list? E-learning. E-learning. Get outside, drink water. Drink water. Basically, it's like... Clean your room, bathroom, and... But even that, I didn't say clean your room. I said keep it calm. Yeah. My whole point is I want less. Yeah. I want there to be the expectation or these basic things, and then everything else is your choice. And what did you do with that list? I I created it, and then I I taped it everywhere in the house. Oh, eat, take your vitamins. Take your vitamins. Yeah. Which is the and the first law is to make it obvious. So you taped them to our daughter's bedroom doors and the bathroom and the bathroom and the kitchen. So if those small little reminders, I think at least it's helped me since I read this book. Like I know that I have this chart in my bedroom, and I'm going to do a check every time. If it's not there, if it's not in front of me. I'm less likely to do it. Right. And and so in a way, you we're kind of talking thing, about right? we're it's like we're we're coming we're trying to get to the same place from different places. Yeah. And that's and the reason I'm saying this is for those of you who just heard Todd talk about these atomic habits, if you're like, ugh, mm-hmm. you 
you can have different ways to build structure into your life that don't feel so like um, overwhelming yeah. or, or the expectations too high. Because I also think that part of the reason, and, and I don't want to, you and I just had like an hour and a half long talk about this, so I don't want to go too far into this, but this is really like, if you look at the things you're doing, you're like, I'm going to do more push-ups. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do more of this where my day is, how's everybody else doing? Yeah. So if I had to add all of that stuff on top of what I'm doing, as far as taking care sure. of everybody else, that sounds suffocating. Yeah. Um, so it's like, like what I need to add in to my day is a little more of things like that. Yeah. But I also don't want to be told to do it because right. I feel like the other stuff is, is that. So the last thing I'll say about this is that on Facebook, there was a list that a bunch of people has shared, have shared with me. Someone on Team Zen shared it, and then a bunch of other therapist friends shared it. And it's basically this list of things that a therapist, and I can't even remember where they're from, came up with that they've been helping their clients who are you know struggling with what we're going through with the pandemic right now. Mm. The list is super... It is wonderful. It's well written, but there's so many of them. Yeah. And I was like on the eighth one and I'm like, more? Yeah. More? And I guess my point is, is that we can't expect to be good at everything right now. Right. Is I was overwhelmed by the list. Well, we talked last week on the podcast of you kind of summarized your thoughts on the Zen talk yeah. about how a lot of the moms who were... Um, Chiming into the Zen talk, saying I should be whatever clean, cleaning should, out should, the cabinets, yeah. or I should be organizing my household better now that I'm at home, and blah blah blah. And your summary was basically like, maybe you shouldn't be. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. Maybe this time is more about feeling than doing. It doesn't mean you have to drop the ball on everything. I'm not going to do that. I need to take care of my people and get food. And I said to, you know, I kind of want to clean the house tonight and sanitize a little bit because I haven't done that for a while. I need to do my work and show up for my students and my clients. Like I'm not ditching my responsibility, but maybe I should not add anything to that list. Maybe I should do less. And, And let me say this, what makes Todd feel better is having goals. Sure, This stabilizes him. But if you don't want goals and you're like, I don't want to do that, then do what I'm doing and do less. Mm. And if you feel like doing less makes you too unmoored, then do atomic habits. Do you see what I mean? Is when someone's saying, here's what we should all do, unless that resonates, it's not for you. This is no different than any other time. For sure. Like the thing, the, the thing I love about this learning and and what Todd and I talk about on this show is the things we discuss. We're not teaching them, by the way, because you already know them. We're just discussing them. Is it's the same, no matter when. Yeah. Universal principles. It's not like okay, now we're in a pandemic, so now start yelling at your kids and start, it's the same. Right. Be gentle on yourself. Be self compassionate. Um, take care of yourself, and maybe. If you're, if you think more like me, if you're more of a questioner and maybe more of a INFP or more of a two on the Enneagram, whatever, however you want to relate, you do less. Mm. And maybe you take some things off your plate and think about this as a time of feeling. Cause I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling everything. And that's sometimes causing me to be snappy at people. Snippy. Is, is it snippy? Um, I feel like that's from a movie. Don't be snippy. I'm a little snappy and snippy. Yeah. And it causes me to want to watch a lot of shows 
And that's okay. Like you say what you what Charlie was just saying. Uh, I have an author. I have a friend who's have an, an author. author. <laughs> uh, his name is Charlie Donnelly, and we were exchanging ideas on shows. And he is obviously a book writer, so he wants people to be reading books, especially at this point in time where we have a lot of a lot of us are More stuck open at time. home. Yeah. And he's like, it's so funny how all these Facebook threads is all about this net Netflix show or that Netflix show or this Hulu show or whatever. And he's like, nobody's really talking about what books they should be reading. Right. And I just thought that that was an interesting, obviously he personally has something to gain by people reading more books, but I thought it was interesting. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm reading a book right now, but it's, it's, I, all the banter I see on Facebook is all about shows. There's but not a whole lot of banter about books. Doesn't that make sense to you right now, though? I guess so. But some people like to get lost in fiction, right? And I think people who like to get lost in fiction still are. Yeah. But I think when people feel overwhelmed and already out of control, yeah. they want to do, when they're relaxing, they want to do the least amount of work. And you know what that means? I'm going to lie here. Numbing out in front of the TV. Exactly. Watching Tiger King. If watching Tiger King or watching The Stranger. That's really good, by the way. You should watch that. Or watching Austin Powers, but don't make your kids watch it because they won't like it. Or watching, you just want to go and and I think it, it not only at it doesn't matter what I think I feel like that's fine for me yeah I feel like right now I am on feeling times 10 I'm on compassion times 10 and I'm doing something as all of you are that I've never done before and if I want to watch anything if it be you know Schitt's Creek or the Americans or all these things we're watching I think that's great yeah. and and I, if I woke up in the morning and started watching TV and never did anything else, I know I wouldn't feel right. good. But a book to me, and I am reading a book. I'm reading Danny Shapiro's book about marriage, and it's really good. But I only read that when I have, like, I, I read it for about, what, 30 minutes? Then it's word cookie time, sweetie. Then it's time for word cookies. And sometimes what I- What is word cookies? It's an app. It's my only game. You know when everyone went crazy for like, what are some of the games on the Angry phone? Angry Birds and all that stuff. Angry Birds and like the one with the sugar, the candy, Candy Crush. Yeah. I never got those games. The only game I have is Word Cookies and it is great before bed because it's mind numbing. Yeah. But I'm also working really hard to figure out these words. I think it's a terribly frustrating game. I try to help you. I'm like, yeah, I don't know that one. And you know what else I do, you guys? Listen to this. When I get super stuck... And I don't want to use all my points because I like to keep my points. This is not something I would ever do, by the way. Right. This is the difference is I will Google word cookies and whatever level I'm on and I will find out what that word is. Cheater. No, it's no. not. No, not cheater. It's not cheater because me using money is the exact... I'm still getting the answer. Yeah. So why not get the answer this way? <laughs> and guess what? I'm not playing against you. It's for me. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not in school. No one, you still have a teacher. Remember you used to say that all the time? Teacher, teacher. Um, you still have a teacher in your brain mm -hmm. that tells you if you find information somewhere else that you're a cheater. Yeah. You're not in school. Yeah. If you're plagiarizing or doing something like that, yeah, that's yeah. not good. Right. But if you're playing word cookies. By yourself. By yourself. Nobody watching. I can go say, I just can't figure out this word after 30 minutes. Oh, it's dome. Okay. And then I can move on to the next level because that's enjoyable. Yeah. And that's not cheating. I know. Sweet. I was just I was just kidding. But you're you're not, I mean, I'm not mad. Yeah. But you're not kidding because you wouldn't do that. I wouldn't it do that. Because 
Because I don't want to know that I got to that, I rose to that level while getting the answer from somewhere else. What do you think you're winning on word cookies? Why Why are you playing <laughs> word cookies? Uh, well, it's the same reason I play backgammon. I play... Um, to demonstrate how you're good worth? I am at this. Okay, that's not why I play word cookies. Yeah, you, you do it to pass time and wind down at the end of a day. And stimulate my brain. Like I spend a really long time yeah. figuring it out. And usually there's one or two, sometimes I get it all done, but sometimes there's one or two I can't get. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm just going to figure it out so I can move on. For your own insa- for your own sanity. When you're doing a crossword puzzle, do you ever ask someone for help? Uh, I don't do crosswords, but if I did, um, it depends. Would, could you ever ask someone for help? For sure. Then what's the difference? Yeah. Yeah. No judgment. Well, and it's more just like why we do what we do, right? Yeah, and I'm sure there's a story there from my childhood of why I wouldn't cheat on word cookies. And I know I'm using the word <laughs> cheat or look Google for word cookies. But. Right. So the bottom line is before Todd moves on, just be gentle on yourselves. Don't Don't say you're going to clean your kitchen if you don't have time to do it. And there are people, like, I, again, I have to remember, some people are like, clean my kitchen. I'm leaving in the morning and coming home at nine. I don't have time to do that. Right. So not everybody is on the same page here. Um, so to close, yes. I just want to come back all the way around to the alone part uh-huh. and just share this one quote and then get your thoughts. Right. Uh, one of my favorite guys on this alone show, was name was Alan. He said, if you're going to be by yourself, because he was by himself for 56 days. He didn't see another human being. There's no camera crew. They bring their own cameras. He's like, if you're going to be by yourself you, for a long time, you better like yourself a yeah. lot. And I just wonder if you had, if you wanted to riff on that. Well, I think that that was, I didn't really choose the alone show. JC and Todd were watching it, but I would sit there and kind of enjoy it with them. Um, Cause it's not really my show kind of show. No, it's a survival it's, show. Yeah. It's not your thing. But I did appreciate it. Like, I'm glad I watched it with you guys or that you had it on because I think he's, what happened to these men and they were all men, by the way, I think on the next season there was a woman. Yeah. But is that they would be by themselves for three or four days and then they'd find themselves crying. Mm -hmm. And what I think, this happens a lot on meditation retreats, is there's all these layers of awareness that we have and we can kind of stay busy for a while. Like they would cut their, you know, get their wood or their food. And then after three or four days, they were just left with themselves. And then you have to look and feel all the things that you have been unwilling to feel. Terrifying to me. It is. And it and it hurts and it's painful and these men would cry. And it's interesting because um, you got, and you guys, you, you guys were respectful about it. You weren't like making fun of them, but I would hear you guys say, wow, they're breaking down. And yeah. I'd be like, of course they're breaking down. Like that's part of the process of being alone. They're not breaking down like they're about to go home. Mm-hmm. They're breaking down because that's a necessary part of the process. Right. When you go on a meditation retreat or when you're doing body work or therapy or whatever, you're supposed to break down. Mm -hmm. And the men who survived and could be alone longer were the men who were able to break down. Yeah. So, and to Alan's point, you can't escape your own demons. Yeah. And what's so interesting is if you go in the room with your demons... And look at them, just like Luke did in Empire Strikes Back, where he went into the cave mm-hmm. and he brought his stuff in there. Did I say that right? Didn't What did Yoda say? Um, what about my weapons? And what does he say? He says, what's in there? And he said, whatever you take Only with you. Only what you bring with you. And so that's wherever you go, there you are. We, we carry our demons. And then I have in my office, my therapy office, I have a big thing that says... Um, 
uh, oh God, I, I can see the picture, and it says something to the effect of, oh, I know what it says, befriend your monsters, mm-hmm. is that when you look your demons or monsters in the eye, you have compassion for yourself. And that sounds too simplistic because you have to go through the pain and fear that you haven't been willing to look at. Mm-hmm. But the whole process of therapy or being alone or a meditation retreat is your willingness to look at all aspects of yourself. Like one thing I wrote about in my book is what I hope to leave with my kids is that I have had to, I had a lot of darkness in my life where I was unwilling to look at certain corners. Yeah. And what I eventually did through and continue to do, this will never end, is like shine a flashlight sure. everywhere in the corners of my brain and yep. in my mind and all my experiences. I've, I've been willing to look. And what I said is what I hope I give my kids is that it's more of like a light switch. Like they're they're never not willing to look at everything. Mm-hmm. They're not going to avoid pain. They're not going to avoid fear. They're not going to avoid anything. But they don't need to like have all these dark places that nobody talked about. Yeah. Like they can actually, they can turn on a light switch and say, yep, there it is. And that's what these men are experiencing out there is a lot of them are dealing with self-hatred and shame and things that the society told them about themselves. And I think the Alan, who we all really liked, he liked himself. He did. He respected himself. He wasn't a perfect man. No. But he knew his loves were in the right order. Well, what's funny is as these guys were breaking down and deciding, because all they have to do is press a button, they'll come and get rescued, mm-hmm. this satellite phone. And as the guys were making those decisions, they didn't talk about work. Nope. They didn't talk about food, nope. shelter. Nope. They just talked about their the people. person that they loved mm-hmm. or their kids. And, you know, when when you get stripped down to nothing, you realize pretty quickly what is most important. Yes. And so for those of you who have, like my mom is in, um, uh, it's, it's actually, I keep saying it's assisted living, but really she lives in the, uh, independent living, but Mm. she's still in a facility that I can't get in. And so she's alone. Right. But because we know that my sister and my aunt and I call her every day, right? If you have, or, you know, your sister is fine and she has all sorts of connections and friends, but she's living by herself. So she is someone that needs to see people and we need, and we need to have conversations with her and she can, she has access to many other people besides us, but she's a priority. Mm -hmm. And to, you know, to friends who live by themselves, like connection is, you may feel overwhelmed in your home by the amount of people there, but there's some people that have nobody Be careful there. what you wish for. Exactly. And that we need to reach out to people, not because they're weaker than us or anything, but because alone n- needs yeah. connection. Yeah. And, um, and like Todd said, you can be in a house full of seven people and still feel very lonely. Sure. It's really, but it's about connection. Right. Connection is... Do we feel cared for? Do we feel heard? Do we feel that someone's checking up on us? Do we feel like someone worries about us? Not worries in the negative way, but like wakes up thinking about Mm. us. Do we, and that to me, as far as like habits, that feels good on a list too. Sure. Like I'll do my push-ups, and then I'm going to text so-and-so. Think of one person who you know has to be bunkered up alone, whether they live in a condo, a house, an apartment, whatever, and but they don't have anybody. Because I'm sure that all of us have at least a handful of people in our lives that 
do live alone. Best friends, mothers, fathers, sisters. And check on one person every day. And then on the other side of that, as long as you're doing that, check on your friend who's working at Walgreens or at the grocery store or um, in the healthcare field. Um, check on the person who has to work from dawn until mm. you know night. Yeah. The person who is risking their lives. Like one of the things, I haven't had the opportunity to pay someone's bill like you have, which is lovely, but... Every time I go into Walgreens or the grocery store, after the person gives me my receipt, I say, thank you for working. Mm, we appreciate it. Wonderful. And I'll bet you that goes a long way. I don't know. But I, I'm sure that they're, you know, people are trying to stay away from them sure. and grabbing the bag in a weird angle because you don't want to have your hand, you know. Mm. So I'm sure just saying that to somebody, you know what? It doesn't matter. I feel better saying it because right. you know what? I'm not working yeah. behind that desk. And... Well, and the bottom line is when you do these things that you think are for somebody else, it just fills you up. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing, we we already talked about this last week, so I'm not going to go through it again. If you haven't listened to our podcast, it was about um, the two things, the tools mm. to use when coping. Okay. And one of them that I talked about was the, the Tonglen breathing, which I've gotten a lot of emails from people saying that it's uh, Tonglen is how you say it. They're saying it's helpful that when you see suffering in front of you, Take a deep breath and breathe it in. Not You're not breathing in the pain. You're breathing in the, the... Well, you are breathing in the pain, but you're not taking on the pain. You're breathing in the truth of the moment. Mm. And then you exhale the truth with a capital T, mm. which is compassion and love for all sentient beings. Yeah. You are... Because what I have found with Tonglen, where before I avoided it because I thought it was me taking on other people's pain, what I've learned is that it is acceptance of the moment and then it is compassion and connection for all of our experiences. That it is a, this is what's happening. I am not going to turn away, but I am also going to trust that in the midst of it, there's a lot of love mm. because I think turning away right now is a privilege or a luxury. If you're really not looking at what's happening, then you're not affected. Do you know what I mean? And we have to all be in this together. I, I just, that John Oliver thing, yeah. everyone should watch that. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Watch John Oliver this week. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, not around your kids, a lot of F-bombs. But speaking of people doing good things, yeah, let's a hear few it. things. And this is kind of, is like a week old, so it's kind of old. Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively donated a million dollars to Feeding America and food, banks, uh, and food banks in Canada. Nice. Zion Williamson, you know who that is? No. Uh, he was the number one draft pick for, I think, the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, the Pelicans? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They've, they've been around a while. Okay. Uh, he pledged to cover the salary of New Orleans arena workers for 30 days. I love it. China donated 1,000 respirators, machines, 2 million masks, 20,000 medical suits, and 50,000 COVID-19 tests to Italy, thanking Italy for its help in China's initial outbreak. China will also prioritize all Italian orders for respirators in its factories. Wow. And then lastly, uh, a man sent an anti-Muslim tweet to a political candidate who then helped pay his medical debt. A man sent an anti-Muslim tweet to a political candidate in Virginia. He was not expecting the response he received. The Muslim, Muslim candidate, Kasim Rashid, 
donated to the man's GoFundMe campaign to help cover his medical debt. I know. I, I follow him on Twitter, so I saw that. Rashid said on social media that he later received a thoughtful and compassionate apology from Dylan, who I guess is the name of the guy who sent that anti-Muslim tweet, who also asked that the aspiring lawmaker visit him, which he did. They Rashid, took a picture together. Rashid shared a photo of him and Dylan in a Facebook post and a tweet Sunday, writing, Today I met my new friend Oz. Yeah, and this was pre-quarantine. Yeah. Because they they yeah. did get a picture together, but... So, you know, somebody basically expresses some, for lack of a better term, evil, and the evil got transformed into love. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. He expressed pain, not evil. Yeah, pain, and it came out as something unkind. And say that. keep that in mind right now. If you're, if you, you know, I think the last thing I'll say is the another thing that we should put in the show notes is Brene Brown has a really quick video. You know, she has a video of the empathy sympathy. Yeah. She also has one about blame mm. and what blame is, and it's the funny one where she drops her coffee and blames Steve. Damn it, Steve. Damn it, Steve. And by the way, she was on sixty minutes on uh, Sunday. It was really nice. Yeah. Um, but the what blame is is us like all of our unfelt mm. pain. It's pushing it out yep. at somebody else. Instead of feeling it and processing it, it's pushing it out. And this is one of these times where we want to make other people the problem yeah. instead of turning toward each other and realizing we're all in it together. And I understand. I have some anger at... Um, Our president. Yes, I do. I think that... So do I. Not... It's not a blame thing like, oh, this is all one person's fault, but this, their balls have been dropped and of they course. continue to be dropped. And I have feelings about that and I'm not going to deny that. But at the same time, what can we do now? Yep. Are things being done now? What did our state do? What did the mayor of Chicago do? What is Cuomo doing? What are, and it's not just Democrats, there's Republican governors who are doing amazing things too. This is not about politics, but it's, can we look to, again, Mr. Rogers, the people who are helping yep. instead of blaming? It's such a waste of energy. We can have feelings about something without exerting too much energy on making that all we think about. Yeah. Um, like I, I canceled, I took Twitter off my phone and I don't really look at Twitter anymore, except occasionally. Do you put it back on? Just Not on my phone, but occasionally when I'm on my computer. Laptop, right. Someone will said. Someone will text me and they'll say, "Did you see this tweet?" Mm. And I'll go look. Yeah, because yeah, I can't help. Um, all right, guys. Uh, Zen talk tomorrow, or no, later today, and then probably Friday, and um, maybe a pop culture in this week. Who knows? And I hope you guys are hanging in there, and um, just know that we're thinking about everybody, and we're all in this together, and we'll get through this. We just have to hold hands virtually, yep, um, and do our best and take care of each other. Keep trucking. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a five-star review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Also subscribe and review our Pop Culturing Podcast, a Gen X viewpoint on movies and TV with an emphasis on personal growth and self-awareness. It's basically the flip side of Zen Parenting Radio. 
Do you want more Zen parenting? Check out our third podcast, otherwise known as Team Zen. One of our team members described it as an advice column meets group help meets like-minded community. With your $25 subscription, you get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions, plus a Facebook community where you can interact or just listen to like-minded parents. If you can't join us live, you can still access all the Zen talks through the Team Zen podcast app. And don't forget about Tribe Men's Group. We have a virtual community from men all over the world. Head on over to tribemensgroup.org or shoot me an email at todd at zenparentingradio.com. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty, and the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net or give them a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support, and keep on trucking.